And I'm talking a little bit about a journey. How many of you know that we're on a journey in this life? Amen. And if we're on a journey, I've got a subtitle there that says, Make it count. Bump your neighbor and say, Neighbor, make it count. Make it count. You only get one shot at this life. You're not coming back as a cockroach or as a bat or a bumblebee or something else like that or a spotted owl. You have one shot at this life. Amen. Everybody has been allocated 24 hours in one day and you better make it count. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, I think he's talking to you. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm just going to begin from where I, where I uh, this morning, just looking at some slides. And I said something like this. I said, life is a journey, and we're all on a journey with God. Does that sound good? We're all on a journey, and we're on a journey with God. And the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better is if you are growing today. Hopefully on this journey, we're growing, Right? I mean, a baby is born, and that baby is on a journey, and when that baby is 10 years old, hopefully it's grown. Hopefully it's not in nappies anymore. Hopefully it's not crawling around the house anymore. Amen? And we're on a spiritual journey, and God desires that every one of us grow in Him. So the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better is if I am growing and I am purposing and being intentional about growing today. Anything that is not growing is, is dying. If you're not growing, you're dying, okay? Lift your hands and say after me, if I'm growing today, then it means my tomorrow will be better and stronger than my today. Amen. And then I spoke to you about the four steps to our REAP vision. Many of you know the REAP vision, and that REAP vision is there. It's not like we we're looking for a vision and a mission, but that REAP vision is designed to enable every one of us to grow in God. Amen? Bump your neighbor and tell the neighbor, God wants you to grow. I want you to grow. You want me to grow as well. And our REAP vision, if we would summarize our REAP vision, it would simply be this, reaping everything Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. Hallelujah. We want to reap everything, all right? A lot of people just think, well, the cross was there. I got wonderfully saved, and now I'm going to heaven. Like as if that's the only thing that Jesus made available. How many of you know there's salvation available? There's peace available. There's joy. I got my joy, but you got to get your joy. Amen? There's so many things that are available uh, through the cross of Jesus. And this morning I said... That it wasn't just the cross. Thousands of people were crucified in Jesus' day, okay? What was different about Jesus? He died, was buried, and the third day, what happened? Is he still in the tomb? He rose, amen? So he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And, and that's the blessing about the cross and the burial and the resurrection, amen? And so I said something like this, that when Jesus died on the cross, God made it possible for us to experience all his redemptive gifts, okay? There it is, that, there's that slide. By doing so, God made it possible for us to experience all, 
All right, not when you get to heaven, now. When you get to heaven, it's going to be cool. And when we get to heaven, that's, that's when we get to heaven. But how about right now? Amen? How about right now? And I kind of likened it to how God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, got them to cross the River Jordan and into something that was a lot better. In Egypt, they were in slavery. They were in bondage. They crossed the River Jordan and then entered their land of Canaan that flowed with milk and honey. And then I said that basically the reap vision is really broken down into four things. It's about reaching people with the love of Jesus and everything we do in this church is geared about winning the lost at any cost okay if we have a production it's about the lost if we come and we do a thanksgiving for you we're going to get people saved if we're burying some of your friends we're going to get some people saved if we're marrying uh, you we're going to we're going to get people saved as well it's what we do because people matter to God but it's also about every one of us knowing God and this morning I said listen you can be serving God for 35 years but do you know him or is it still cool with you and God are you intimate with God uh, because things can happen and if we're not spending time in the presence of God and if we're not knowing God on a regular day-to-day -day consistent basis then we actually don't know and Jesus said in Matthew quite scary in Matthew 7 he said not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me, on that day, we were in dream team. In that day, we danced on the stage. In that day, we were ushering. In that day, we fed the poor. And what will Jesus say? I didn't know you. I didn't know you. So I spoke a little bit about knowing God. And then the second thing is that not only do we want to R. R-E-A-P, reach people so that people can know God and that you and I can know God. But number two, establish. We want people to be established in His Word. Amen? Established in His Word. And that really is about finding freedom. And the cross really is about you and I experiencing the liberty that comes with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That God sets people free. And I said this morning that deliverance and walking in freedom is an ongoing process. Can I get an amen tonight? All right. So God sets us free. And then as we walk with him and there's more light that exposes our hearts, we find that there are areas that we haven't really submitted to God. We find that there are some idols still in our lives that need to come tumbling down. And so deliverance is an ongoing thing with, with God as we walk. And listen, we are here to walk with people. I said this morning, there are sometimes things that happen in families, and families don't give up on each other, but the families will get together and say, come on, we're going to walk through this thing together. We're going to, as a family, we're, I'm going to be your strength, you're going to be my strength, and we're going to get you through to get on the other side. And that's how it is in the family of God. That's how it is with life groups. Life groups are great in that, okay? And then, obviously, after that, R-E-A, A is activate, which means, basically, we want people to begin to find their purpose in God. And uh, what a, you know, second to people coming to Jesus, second to people 
encountering the love of Jesus. Second to that is when people discover the reason why they were born. Do you know why you were born? No, well, I was told I was just an accident that happened. No, you're not an accident. Well, maybe it was because my mother was raped, and so I, he, I, I'm the fruit of that. Well, in God's eyes, that wasn't a problem. That wasn't an accident. You are not an accident, all right? You were never an accident. God put you out in this world, and you have a God-given purpose. And the sooner you find that, Man, I tell you what, your life will just begin to click. Everything will come in into place. There are giftings and callings that you have that I don't have. There are things that I have that, for example, Cyril doesn't have. I'm a better soccer player than him. He knows that. But, <laughs> you know, there are certain giftings and purposes that God has placed on the inside of you. Amen. And then the last thing I said was that we've been planted in the soil of this house and the ministry of this house and uh and we're here to make a difference every one of us every one of us every one of us come on every one of us can make a difference like i i kind of explained it like this a couple of weeks ago i don't know if any of you were in the morning service but i had sand and i just let sand fall from my hands and i said guess what you made of that's what you made of God found the weakest element in this earth and said, I'm going to make man out of it so that man will know there's nothing strong in man. There's nothing reliable in sand. There's nothing trustworthy in sand. You can't build anything with sand unless you mix it with other stuff. But God wants to point out that it's not the sand that has strength. It's what's in the sand. Hallelujah. We're just sand. Would you just look around and say, hey, hello, sand. I'm, lo I'm looking at some sand. Slap some sand. Slap some sand tonight. See, it's not the sand that is going to bring hope to the hopeless. It's who's in the sand. Hallelujah. And every one of you that is basically a lump of sand is here to make a difference. And Paul writes and said it's the treasure in earthen vessels. It's the God factor on the inside of us. Every one of us is just sand. It's a terrible thing when you think of it like that, isn't it? I mean, at our very best, we're just sand. At our very best, and we put makeup and we brush the sand. We put clothes on the sand. We feed the sand. We go to gym and do CrossFit with the sand. And at the very best, we're just sand. But it's who's in the sand that counts. And who's in the sand is what can make a difference through every single one of you. Can you say amen? amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, so what I'd like to understand for us tonight as we move along this journey, and we're going to make it count. Bump your neighbor and say, you've got to make it count. Come on, look at uh, some other people and tell them, let's make it count. Come on, let's do this. Let's make it count. We only get one shot at it, okay? I want to just talk a little bit about our Sunday services and uh, why they're a big deal to us. Coming to church is a big deal. I don't come to church to tick a box. Anybody come here to tick a box? We tick the box, right? Well, I may as well just stay home and tick a box. If I'm looking for a bingo club, I'll go to a bingo. This is not a rotary club, a coffee club, a, 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 a whatever club. It's, it's a church, and we come together. 
And as the body of Christ, we get to experience the presence of God. We get to experience Jesus together as the body of Christ. Do you know that a lot of things happened both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament when the body of Christ assembled? Hallelujah. Amen. And so when we come together on a Sunday, it's a big deal. Amen. It's a big deal when you come in the morning. It's a big deal when you come at night. Our Sunday services are a big deal to us. That's my next slide. All right, if we can get that up right now. Our Sunday services are a big deal to us. Calling Houston in the back. All right, thank you so much. Amen. Because in those Sunday services, anything can happen. Can you say amen? And then not only that, for that reason, we focus on our Sunday services being epic. Maybe you might have heard of that word, how we've spoken about the word epic, and it's E-P-I-C. And these are just some of our church values, Sunday values, that we want to just impart. We want people to know, hey, we're not just putting something together for the sake of it. We're intentional about our Sunday morning and our Sunday night services. Hallelujah. And the first word there in epic is experiential. We want people to experience God. We want people to come right from the moment that you park your car and you walk down, even before you've come through those doors, that you've had an encounter with this amazing God. God is there for every one of us to experience Him. God is available for everyone to encounter Him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We're not going through some format. If you say a thousand hallelujahs, hallelujah, 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 and then you just, you, you walk away from it. Well, like, what is that? That's, that's a cult, actually. No, we're, we're, we're to encounter God. God wants you to encounter Him. God wants you to experience Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And so that's what we do in our worship, in our everything. It's about experiencing the presence of Jesus Christ. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's why coming together corporately, hallelujah, he's in the midst of us so that you can press in, you can lean into God, you can touch Him, you can experience His presence, His joy, His healing power. Hallelujah! Can you say praise the Lord? Then the P, epic, and the word epic is participatory. In other words, it's a place for every single person where everybody can fit in. I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord many, many years ago, 1982. All right? Some of you weren't even born. Who was not born in 1982? You were not born in, in 1982. That's like, that's like probably three quarters of you. My goodness. That makes me feel really old. Let me see again. How many of you were not born before 1982? My goodness. Okay. So that's a lot of people in this place, all right? But we want everybody to know that there's a place for them. Everybody, 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 everybody. There's a place, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're educated, whether you're uneducated, whether you're tall, whether you're short, whether you're handsome, whether you're ugly, whatever it is, there's a place for everybody. 
in the body of Christ. Everybody is significant to God. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. What does 1 Corinthians 12 and 18 in the Passion Bible says? It says, but God has carefully designed each member. God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? That's the P. The E is experiential. The P is participatory. And what's the I? The I is impartational. What does that tell us? That tells us that we're into all of the LED screens. If I, we, we, I, our new building is going to be really cool. Let me, let me just tell you that right now. Let me just tell you that right now. I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to bring in all the technology, all the lighting, all the rigging, all the LED screens. I'm not afraid to have all of that and have the presence of God as well. It wouldn't be terrible to have all of that minus the presence. I get you on that. But let's not be afraid to move along with the times. Let's not use that as an excuse to say, well, I'm camping in 1920 and I'm dressing like 1920 and I'm going to be relevant to 1920. 1920 generation has come and gone. You ain't going to be relevant to 1920s anymore. They're gone. They finished. That generation is gone. Hello? Amen. So we got to move along. But the I, the impartational, means everything we do is about imparting to, to the hearts of people. The Bible is not just a book, uh, you know, oh, Greek book, Aramaic book, Hebrew book, whatever book it is. It's supposed to impart life. It's supposed to, imp that's why we want you to take notes down, like this young lady here is taking notes down. That's why we have the, the, the sermon outline for you to get your fingers working, get your mind involved, so that you're getting the word, you're hearing the word, you're writing the word, you're, you're, you're interacting with the word. Why? Because there's impartation. Hallelujah. This is not an informational class. Like, you know. This is not about a PhD. You're going to be so full of knowledge. My God, you're a walking encyclopedia. You might be a walking encyclopedia, but how's your marriage? You might be a walking encyclopedia, but how's your anger levels doing? You might be a walking encyclopedia and can tell me all about archaeological ruins and who found what and 19-something, but how's your marriage? How's your business doing? How's it going with you? Unless this book is breathed upon you by the Holy Spirit, and there is the life of God that is imparted to you, it means nothing. Knowing the Hebrew means nothing. Knowing the Greek means nothing, okay? So the I is simply that we preach a now word. This is a what word? Now, now word. What word is this? Here's my, my ear cannot hear. One more time. Now. It's a now word. Do you know what a now word is? What does that mean? Huh? It means that you, you're, you're getting a word when, when from God. In, in 2025. Pastor, one day, hopefully, God willing. No, now, now. Now faith is. You have to be tenacious and be cheeky enough and say, no, I'm getting a word from God now. I need a word now for my marriage. I need a word now 
for the mountain that I'm facing. I need a word now for the giant that's at my house right now. I need a now word to know what I'm supposed to do with my business. Tomorrow might be too late. 2030 might be too late. Hallelujah. So the I is about impartational. It's about, it's about receiving. And listen, you know, if you're hungry, you'll, you'll receive. If you're hungry, if you're not hungry, you won't receive. I, I can come here with crayfish thermit. I can come here with uh, putu and pup. For those of you who like that. What, what do you like, Cyril? Kentucky Fried Chicken, Nando's. But if you're full, doesn't matter that Nando's will just, I'll take it home. I'll, I'll take it home. Bobby might take it home. But if you're full, that Nando's is not going to help. You've got to be, so you've got to create that hunger. You've got to create that desire to put in the word, to say, hey, I'm ready for a word. That's why I tell people, get your pens out, get your papers out, get your phones out, participate. That creates the hunger. That allows God, that, that shows God the heart is ready to receive a now word. Can I get an amen in this place? Hallelujah. Hebrews 4 and verse 12 in the Passion Translation says it like this. For we have the living, the living word of God. This is not the dead letter. It can be a dead letter. If you just close your heart up. And you say, well, it's just the same old, I've read that scripture a thousand times. And did you get anything out of it? No, Pastor, never ever did. Well, maybe if you read it a thousand and one times, and you open your heart, and you just say, Holy Spirit, would you just breathe this word into my heart? Just maybe he might do that. Because it's a living word. What kind of a word is it? It's a living word. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. <laughs> and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. Anybody ever know why the sword is two-edged? Why are there two edges to the sword? There's two edges to the sword because with the one edge, you're going to come against the enemies of God that are coming against you. But guess where the other edge is going? For your wife, for your husband, <laughs> for you, for you. That word is like a mirror. And so there are things in your heart that as you read the word, the word will reveal, reflects your heart. Not to put you down, not to make you feel bad, but just to say, hey, buddy, there's some things in there that don't quite match up with the word. Would you allow the Holy Spirit just to, just to get rid of those issues, just to get rid of that little resentment that you have? I, I, know what, I know what they did to you, but you still got a little bit of bitterness in there. You still got a little bit of unforgiveness in there. There's a little bit of mm -mm in there, and the word comes, and it's like the other edge. The other edge, you can, you can fight off the, the giants. You can come against poverty. You can come against sickness, but with the other edge, it's for you. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's full of energy. That's what it says. And it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. Hallelujah. See, there's nothing quite like the Word of God. Amen. So that's the word epic, E-P-I, and the C, 
The C there is about connecting, connectable. It's about being connectable. God wants to connect you somewhere. You are a story, okay? And that story needs to connect somewhere. You have a story. We heard their story today. Cohen, where's Cohen? He's part of the Kohathites from the Old Testament priests. But there's a story there. And he shared his story with our story. And now his story has become a part of this story. And some of you are blessed by that story. Amen. So we're connectable. And we believe that every person has a story. And that every story is connected to God and his church. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. And then I wanted to just make this statement as we look at the vision. And I said it this way. I said the vision works when we work the vision. The vision works when we work the vision. When you, when you understand the vision, what's the reap vision? Reaping everything Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. Amen? That's when we work the vision, the vision works for us. What is our part in the vision? I'm going to end on these uh, Four things that I want to just share with you tonight. What is our part of the vision? Our part of the vision is this. Number one, accept your personal responsibility. Accept pers personal responsibility. Hallelujah. As believers tonight, we have the personal responsibility of sharing Jesus' love and Jesus' story with people round about you. You have that responsibility. If you know God, then your heart is come. I want you to know my God as well. And you don't have to be a theologian and give them a thousand scriptures. It's just basically sharing love, the love of Jesus. Not your love. Just telling people what Jesus did for you. Hey, you know what? We were driving a car. We were in an accident. We should have been dead. They, wrote, they told us, I don't know how you came out of it. Jesus protected us. That's their story. What's your story? Do you know that the whole of Durban is waiting to hear your story about what Jesus did in your life? So number one, that we accept personal responsibility. Number two, that you build a personal relationship with people. Build a personal relationship. We were created for relationships. I'm not talking about a husband and wife. I'm talking about just people, the body of Christ. We, we, we were designed to do life together. Okay? Believe it or not, I need you. And believe it or not, you need me. We, we all need each other. We all need each other. If we're on this journey and we're going to make it count, then I need you and you need me. Hallelujah. And guess what the frightening thing is? You will have me forever and I will have you forever. If we die, we're going to be in heaven and I'm going to see you. You're going to see me. I'm, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. And we're, we're going to see each other forever. So if we've if we got hang-ups, we better sort it out. Because when you get to heaven, you're not going to be in your little party corner there. And I'm going to be in my little pa party corner on that side. We're all going to be together. Bump your name and neighbor. You got me and I got you for life, forever, forever. That's, that's frightening some of you right now, right there. I know, I know. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Number three, we're, how, what is our part in the vision? We're going to share our personal story. It's not, a, it's not a complicated thing, like I said. Building relationships is about sharing your story. It's not about how much theology you know. People, uh, people get, they, they complicate things. They think they've got to know about 5,000 scriptures and then they've got to know when, who the Antichrist is and when is Jesus coming back and, and, and all of these things. And it's, it's, it's got nothing to do with that at all. It's just being available to share your love story. What did Jesus do for you? How was your life changed? Because ultimately, this book is about good news, right? Is this good news? And if it's good news to you, it'll be good news to somebody else. If it's not good news to you, then it'll be difficult to share good news with others. But if it's good news for you, it'll be good news to others. Can you say amen? amen. And the last thing is that we give a personal invitation. Give a personal invitation. Don't be afraid to invite people. I know tonight it was a bit loud and I loved every bit of it. How many of you enjoyed tonight? All right, that's great. That's great. Hey, people bopping up and down. Everything that they did, I taught them that, by the way, just so that you know. All those moves, okay? But what a great week. We can have Sunday is fun day. Coming to church and dancing for Jesus. When I was in the world, let me tell you, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to clubs and like the music's going and I'm like, try, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to restrain myself. I moved. Don't ask me how I moved. But back, back then it was in the 70s and 80s. But I mean, you, you didn't hold back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then like you've heard me say it before, we partied the whole night. Sometimes we came home, showered, put clothes on, and went to work. Didn't think anything about it. Didn't think, oh, you know what? I've got to work tomorrow, better get home early. Are you partying, you partying hard, you drinking hard, you drugging hard. And then you come home, you shower, and you go to work. You don't even think twice about it. Now we come to church and just a little bit of, oh, you, you moved your toe a little bit too much. You need like a whole, a whole week off work because you just moved your toe too much. Come on, we're doing this for Jesus. Huh? I mean, listen. Hey, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. One time, I don't know when it was, but when Beyonce came, I don't know, when, when did she come? She came one time, right? One time. one time she came. One time she came to Durban, to, I think, South Africa. She came with three jumbo loads, full of rigging, full of the best of the best. Did anybody, like, apologize? Uh, uh, sorry, you know, this is going to cost, like, a couple of hundred million dollars to bring Beyonce down. Nobody apologized. They brought the best of the best. And then we come to church and there's one guy playing a guitar that's three strings broken and it's been, you know, was used to fish with as well and they did all kinds of stuff with it. And, and, and come on, and we've got a broken organ and we've got drums that look like they came out of, they just pots and kettles and pans and I don't know what else. Come on in this place. We're, we're doing things for God. We ought to go all out for God. Hallelujah. So... Don't be afraid to invite people. Bring them in. Bring them in. Share your story with people. They're waiting for you to tell them the story. Can you say amen? amen. 
Look at somebody and tell them the vision works when you work the vision. The vision works when I work the vision.